you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lindsay Chapman. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Excellent. And I hope I didn't butcher your name too much. Hey, I'll take it. It was, it was close enough. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Right, Lindsay, there is a few people, believe it or not, around the world who still don't know who you are. Would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction so that the last couple of people out there get to know you? <laughs> Oh, of course. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Lindsay Chepkema. I'm CEO and co-founder of a company called Casted, which is the first uh, amplified marketing platform and really the only um, solution made specifically for enterprise B2B marketing teams to help them harness the power of shows like we're doing right now, audio and video content um, as really the center point of their their overall content strategy. Um, that's who we are. That's that's what we do. And yeah, I'm excited to to get kind of meta here talking about podcasts and managing a, a podcast team at a podcast company on a podcast. That is a lot of podcasting. <laughs> one sentence. So excellent. So tell me a little bit more about your, the growth you've been through because you, you guys have been around for a couple of years now, right? So do you want to tell me a little bit about what you've been through and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. So we are right now, as, as we're recording this, we're just shy of two years old. Um, and so really, you know, half of our life, we just passed the one year mark, um, at least here uh, in, in Indiana, about a year of pandemic life, right? And so you do simple math, half of our life as a company has been spent in a pandemic. Um, we've doubled the size of our team. We went from 10 people when we went into kind of lockdown uh, to now we're at 20. Um, like I just said, you know, half of our life has been living this way. We never meant to, we never intended to be a remote team. Um, we never thought it would last this long, just like the rest of the world, but here, here we are. And that's, that's really been, it's been interesting. It's been a challenge. We've grown a lot. We've seen, had a lot of success. We've worked hard together. I'm really, really proud of this team, but man, to say that we didn't think it would happen this way is an understatement. And what, what's been like from a management standpoint, what's been the most challenging things with having that much growth? Sure. Well, I think regardless, I mean, if the pandemic hadn't happened, going from 10 to 20 people in, in less than a year and with a lot more growth to come um, is is quite a change and there's a lot to, to manage, but you throw a pandemic into the mix and that makes it even obviously more complicated. Um, for us at Casted, the thing that's been the most important is the people, um, the people, the culture, the work environment, the workplace. And, you know, to the extent that the first conversation that I had with the two guys that ended up being my two co-founders, we spent a little bit of time talking about what the product could be and what the company could be. But really the, the majority of that first coffee chat that we had was about the company that we wanted to build, the team that we wanted to build, the workplace that we wanted to build, the culture that we wanted to build, the opportunities that we wanted to give people to do, to do and be and create the things that they really, really wanted to. So that's been you know, priority number one for us since day one. And so to answer your question, I mean, as you grow, it's, it's easy, easier to do that when you have just, just the three of you, and then you have your first couple of hires and, and you're, you're together in one space, but as you grow quickly, it, it becomes more and more of a challenge. You have to be more intentional about 
caring for the people, checking in on the people. And again, you throw a pandemic in the mix, you throw, you throw unexpected remote work into the mix and you have to be that much more intentional about like, hey, how are you? How, how are things? How are things going? How are you enjoying your work? What can we do to make life and your work life better um, to tee up opportunities for growth, to make sure people are in the know and know what's going on. So that's, that's definitely been, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. Yeah, but it's good. What, what, what kind of management communication process do you guys have? Like, do you, how often do you talk to people and do you have any kind of frameworks that the entire company is kind of following? Yeah. So we've been pretty, you know, small and, and nimble um, thus far. We do have a weekly meeting, a uh, weekly all hands meeting where we all get into one Zoom room. Um, and that's from pre-pandemic, you know, we would all get into one real life room um, and just go through what's happening in all areas of the business. Um, everything from just updates to big news to just sharing what we're building or how things are going. Um, and other than that, I mean, we're a, we kind of over-communicate. We, we talk a lot, we use Slack. Um, to make sure that we're up to date on things. And other than that, I mean, as we grow kind of this next chapter that we're going into, I know we're going to have to get more structured around, you know, how, how we do that and what processes we have for disseminating information, collecting information. But thus far, um, we've been able to stay on top of communications just by staying close and prioritizing relationships. Excellent. Yeah, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. So in, in the business you have now with 20 people, how many managers do you have within that business? Like how, how many people manage other individuals? Goodness. So there's varying degrees of that. Our, our official leadership team is five. So we have three founders, myself and my two co-founders. And then um, there's you know, two other official kind of leaders that's on the, that sit on the leadership team. Now within that, of course, there's kind of varying, there's kind of co-managing or I'm kind of unofficially leading this team or, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But yeah, that's our leadership team is five of the 20. Yeah, that makes sense. And how, I mean, so a lot of people struggle a lot when they go into partnerships and stuff, and it's it's not always an easy ride having uh, business partners, right? Have you gone around to that, and how have you found the whole partnership side of things? Yeah, so um, meaning like partners of the business, not like my co-founders, right? Yeah, so we um, we actually getting started at that and building that out and saying, okay, how do we how do who would be the best partners for us? It's you know agencies, marketing agencies that could use our platform to deliver above and beyond for their clients, right? Like how can how can we help agencies um, expand their offerings and, and up level their offerings by um, partnering with us. And so that's something that we're just starting to get into that I'm excited to further explore. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things I have, I get so many questions all the time and so much consulting and, you know, people who are in a partnership and things go south or, you know, different priorities and so much. So, so definitely, definitely happy to hear you guys over communicate because that is definitely, definitely critical for successful partnerships. Right. Um, so, so from your side, what, what's the biggest management challenge as a company you have faced so far? And, and let, let's pick one of the ones you haven't mentioned already, if you will. So as far as man- management challenges, I think, um, let me actually even rewind from pre-casted, because I think the biggest challenge that I think managers today face is being in between two layers of management. Um, I think that that truly is, it, having been a, a manager uh, reporting up to a CMO and being part of uh, you know this, the marketing leadership team, and then leading a team, a global team of, of marketing 
amazing marketing people. And now sitting, you know, in the CEO seat and yes, I I roll up to a board, but I'm I'm leading this, this company. I got to say the, in my experience, the hardest role is, is that manager that sits between two, two layers of management because you're, you're, get, you're receiving information from one team of people. And there are things that you can share. There's things that you can't share. There's things that, you know, there's one management style that you roll up to that you don't necessarily want to emulate good, bad, or otherwise. It's just, it might not be you. And then you have to turn around and say, okay, how am I going to internalize this, shake it up and then spit it back out in a way that works for me as a leader. And that is going to be best received by my team um, in a way that will help them to not only know what's going on, but to really thrive. Right. And that's, that is hard. And I don't think enough people talk about it, prepare any, prepare you for it. I'm glad that you're doing the show around it because that is really, really, really hard. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned about that specifically was, you know, when I first got into management, I was, I was often not taking responsibility. So, you know, if my boss would tell me, hey, you need to go do this thing. Like I would sometimes go to my team and say, hey, you know, the boss is an asshole. He told me we have to do this thing, but I yeah. disagree with it. Right. And that's super easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it totally eliminates any kind of uh, trust and faith yeah. people have in you. Right. Yeah. So while people think they're doing it to excuse themselves, it's probably the biggest own goal you can ever do as a manager. Right. It's so true. It's so true. So when, because, yeah. and, and then, the, so the flip side of that is you, you choose what to share and whatnot. So let's just use your scenario. Like we have to do this thing. We have to do this project, right? We have to do this project and you know, your team's going to be upset about it uh, for whatever reason. And, and it, maybe it truly is the boss person doesn't understand and says we have to do it. So you have a choice. You can, like you said, you can go back to your team and say, the boss says we have to do it. I know it's awful. Don't hate me. It's just the boss. Then that, what does that do? That undermines you as your, your ability to lead, your ability to stand up for your team and your ability to manage up and, and make sure that the boss, whoever it is, understands what your team does and, and why whatever they're demanding isn't a fit. Yeah. So your next option is to, is to say, hey, here's this thing we have to do. Here's, here's full transparency. You know, here's what I tried to do. Here's what happened. Here's what I was able to push for. Here's what I was able to get. Here's what I wasn't able to get. And sometimes that works, but the downside there is that kind of like, is that too transparent? Like, does that, does that provide too much information about like the transactions and what you got and what you didn't and um, what the team, like kind of where the team stands or you can fall on the sword kind of option number three and be like, this has nothing to do with this person. I'm going to sell it to you. And this is why this project is a good thing and everybody should be excited. And then it, you know, the, the, the risk there is that it makes, it, it makes you look like you're disconnected and, um, and that you don't get it. So that's why this is so hard. It's, it's really, really tough. And it it requires, you know, being, being a manager in the middle is, is so tough and it's, it is a constant, uh, I don't want to say game, that's not the right word, but constant game of communication and making sure that, that, that those above you truly do know what's going on and truly do know your team as humans and know the results that you're achieving and and how you're working and why you're working and what strategies you're working on and and why, and, um, and that you have buy-in buy-in is, is I think underrated, very underrated. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that, that's the whole thing with selling things as well, right? Because, I mean, as I always say, like when you're in a meeting with your boss or with like a team meeting with the management team, like you can scream and shout as crazy as you want. But the point is when you leave that meeting, you have to leave with a united front, whatever the agreement is, right? And that's, uh, that's definitely something that took me quite a while to learn. But when I got it right, it made such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I also spend a lot of time, like when I have managers, I spend a lot of time explaining the concept to them um, because it is one of those things that really make a big difference, right? And I'd say particularly in the entrepreneurial world, one of the things I see a lot is also managers skipping a step, particularly if it's the founder. Like, so founders are very good, even though there's a manager that has some staff, they're very good at reaching straight out to that staff and, you know, asking for favors or giving them feedback and so on. And that's, mm-hmm. again, that's one of the, one of the hardest things to work with. I think so. And and sitting in in this seat, right. I I think, and I'm I'm saying this out loud, you'd have to ask my team if I'm good at this or not, but it's so important. And I've seen it like um, the leaders, you know, we talked about the leadership team, they'll come to me. And, and so far they've been really good about like, here's this thing we need to do, or here's this thing that so-and-so needs. And I'm like, huh? And because it's easy, like no matter how much you care about the company, the team, the people, you're, you're just not going to be fully aware of everything that's happening at every level, right? So you've got to count on the people that roll up to you to fill you in and you've got to trust them and say like, look, you know, come to me. If somebody needs something, if there's, a, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, I need to know about it. And then don't shrug it off. Like, okay, I'm not aware of that. So it's not real. Like, um, I mean, I think we've all been in those situations where, the, you know, to a level or two or however many more above where a problem or an opportunity is happening, they don't see it. So they don't think it's real. So if you're in that position where you have, you have leaders rolling up to you, you've got to have a really strong relationship. And like you said earlier, it's all about relationships. You've got to value and show that you value and show that you prioritize relationships, both with the people that roll up to you and the people that roll up to them and say, okay, here's this issue that's happening. Obviously I can see that's a big, it's a big deal to you. Tell me more, like, tell me more about the problem. Tell me more about the opportunity. Tell me why this person should, you know, deserves a promotion. Tell me why we need to hire because the team is, is just overworked. Tell me why you need more budget. So you really, truly understand because you've got to, you've got to have that self-awareness to realize that you don't you don't have perfect knowledge of everything that's happening at every level. That's, that's what those layers of leadership are for. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, any other particular areas? I mean, you, you say you're, you're, you're generally all communicating. How do you feel different? Like when your team grown from 10 to 20 people, did you feel communication became more complex? Um, or what, like, what, what was it like from your perspective? point of view as a founder. Yeah. Well, again, we had the pandemic as part of it. So I think before and after, I mean, here's some things that are different that, that it's weird and, and kind of sad to me that half our team hasn't been in an office with us yet. I don't know if they feel good about that or not, because we're a bunch of Looney Tunes, but um, you know, a pre, pre-pandemic and you know, 10 people and less in the company. We would go out to lunch like once a week. Some members of the team would go out to lunch like every day. Um, We knew each other personally. We knew each other's kids and pets and 
favorite plants. And uh, one of my co-founders is a big coffee guy. So Adam, uh, it was like our resident barista. He would, you know, after lunch or mid-morning, he'd be like, who wants a coffee? And he would literally go over to his latte machine, his espresso maker that he brought in. And he would make cappuccinos and lattes and vanilla lattes and dopios and all these, you know, fun, fancy drinks. And so we all knew each other, how each other liked their coffee and, you know, um, we're serving each other literally. And, um, then, and then, you know, overhearing things when there's just 10 people and you're all physically together, you overhear meetings and you overhear, hear sales pitches and you see somebody come back from, you know, an investor pitch or a sales meeting or a customer meeting excited or frustrated, or, you know, you can all get literally around a table and look at a product demo for new features. So that's, that's pre pre pandemic and pre, you know, 10 people or less. And then, you know, over this last year, as we've doubled in size um, and we've not been able to physically be together, you lose that personal touch. We don't know each other as well. Getting to know each other has had to be a lot more intentional. Um, being really open and, and reminding people, especially over this last year, like this is who we are as a company, taking care of yourself and, and showing up as your whole person and, and, and being really inclusive of, of who you are and what you need and what you bring to your role, good, bad, or otherwise, what you're, what you're showing up with. That's important. You are important. And saying that over and over and over so that people really know that even if they've never met us in person, um, that's been having to be a lot more intentional. You can't just be like, Hey, you want to go grab a coffee? Do you want to go grab lunch? you have to reach out and say, do you want to spend some time together today on Zoom when we're both tired of Zoom? Um, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And um, and like I mentioned way earlier in our conversation, in this next chapter, you know, we're getting ready for a little bit more growth. We're going to have to even be even more structured so that we're not wasting people's times with too many meetings, you know, trying to balance that. Let's be intentional and over communicate and make sure everybody has what they need and that we're getting to know each other as humans without being like, here's another meeting that you need to be in on so that we can all get to know each other. So, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of listening that needs to happen. There's a lot of just paying attention and kind of reading the room and again, listening to each other to make sure everybody has what they need and that you change and you evolve as the company and as the team needs it. I think this is one of the things that can make a huge difference in the future, right? Because fundamentally, one of the things that I feel most people really lack is the ability to network, mm. right? And, and do it well. Like there, there's so many people at all levels of all kinds of businesses that, that really don't get it, right? And it's one of those things. Like I know you say it's difficult, but but... Like from our side, right? Like a lot of time, I, I do one-to-ones with everyone that reports to me every single week. And a lot of the time we have it like, let's go for a walk. And we both yeah. walk, but in different places, right? Yeah. Um, so even when we have a call, we're actually walking, you know. We've done that a couple of times too. And it has felt um, so nice. <laughs> and that's so nice, right? Um, but, but I think fundamentally, particularly as companies grow bigger. I mean, as you say, when you have a company of five or 10 people, everyone knows everyone, right? But when you get to 20, when you get to 30, 40, 50, that, there start being gaps in it, right? And within a business, one of the most important things, in my opinion, to do is make sure that people are actually connecting with people they don't naturally connect with yeah. to actually build that up. And I think there's a few different sort of management processes that can help with that. But fundamentally, it's about teaching people the value of that network and the, the value in general of, of doing this 
Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, I got a um, point to Adam, our resident barista, um, who is really great at this. So he heads up the product side of the business and um, he actually, he and his team just instituted something um, called um, pair pals. So they're developers, right? And this works uh, comes a little more naturally for some roles than other because others because of what they're doing. But um, what they're doing is that they're they're pairing up on what they're doing and they're and they're coding together and that that's they switch around who you're paired up with. And so not only, like I said, it, it kind of lends itself really naturally to what they're actually physically doing, but it's also they're they're building partnerships and they're getting to know each other and their strengths and weaknesses and and they're they're literally working together. And so looking for opportunities to do things like that, like you said, um, whether it's actually collaborating or you know, saying, here's, here's a little manufactured reason for you two to talk, you know, believe me, it's going to be good for you. Go talk. Um, you know, I think that people generally, you know, it might be a little bit awkward. It might be, you know, some people are more up for it than others, but it's, it's a good thing to do. It makes you stronger. But I'm, I'm by nature, the, I mean, crazy introvert, right? Like when I was 18, I wouldn't say hello to a human being if I didn't know them and, and stuff like that. But it was mm-hmm. like in my life in general, it's been the biggest change, right? I mean, I've traveled around the world. I've lived in, um, yeah, I've lived in many, many countries and all that stuff. And one of my absolute favorites nowadays is literally just open LinkedIn, searching the location I'm in. And, you know, I, I mean, I like meeting business people. So typically I would put in like CEO or business owner or, you know, some kind of marketing manager or whatever I feels fun at the time yeah. and then just say hey you know I'm new in the city do you want to grab a cup of coffee and yep. the thing is no one does it as in Funny. like 80% of the time I get feedback and like people are like no one have ever asked me this before you're you're weird and like <laughs> stuff like that right but but honestly like when I come to a new place it's it's the best way to build relationships and when I've been somewhere for three months like I've people have been living in the same place for 10 years coming, asking me for advice and like, Hey, do you know anyone that does this? And do you know anyone that does this? And, and it's just simply just building network. Right. And then I think, I mean, most business people and most sort of sales people kind of get it, but I think just generally for, for it sounds wrong, but normal human beings, um, but, but, but even for people, whatever you do, right? Like actually getting to know other people and actually building out a network, wherever you're an introvert, extrovert, like knowing more people is yep. is a good move. Uh, also for your just social health and, and your social life, right? Because again, nowadays when you look at it, right? I mean, I, I know people in their 60s and 70s where all their friends died and gone. And, you know, they're often sitting at like, oh, I, I know like my neighbor, but, you know, I can't visit them every day. And, you know, like actually getting sort of not having that social security net. And I, th- I think it's just, it's a skill that's so important for just life. Right? It is. And that's actually something that has become really, really, really important and obvious. That's the word I was looking for. To me, yes, for sure, over this last year, but over the last two years. And so I've, I've been... Um, I'm, I'm working with a, a coach, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. She has a podcast called Badass Women's Council. It's amazing. And um, she, uh, she's she been working with me on, and just, you know, all things leadership, things that executive coaches work with you on. And through her, I've, I've become part of this amazing group, um, specifically of women leaders. And they're all local to me and we get together. And just before I met these women, of course, I have amazing friends and wonderful, you know, colleagues and peers. But just having people, like you said, that that are in a similar place with you, and this is this is a management show, right? So 
having people that get it, that understand like all the, these challenges that we're talking about in this episode and that you can go to over coffee or drinks or dinner, or just call and say, Oh my gosh, I'm dealing with this issue or, you know, I'm rolling up to, to my boss who wants me to make this, my team do this project and my team is going to hate me. And what do I do? And you literally go to these people and they can say, Oh my gosh, I've been there. Here's, here's your options. This is what I did. This is why it went well. This is why it didn't. And without that, you, you're alone, you know, and, and, and leadership is very lonely. And so the way to make it less lonely is to have community. It's not a luxury. It is not frivolous. It is a necessity. And when you can surround yourself with people who have, who are kind of like you, I mean, that's, that's a bonus. If they're, if you can relate to them on a friendly level also, but who have, who are willing to be open with you about the things that make you similar from a work perspective, you know, and, and, and say this, I, I totally get it and can celebrate your successes and can also, you know, mourn your, your, your losses and, um, and can work through your challenges. I mean, that's it, everything that you said, of course, it makes you stronger as, as a human. I think we've all seen that over this last year as those relationships have suffered. And it's, it's been so um, just apparent to me how, how important community and connectedness is. And, you know, in the context of this show, especially as a leader, especially as a manager, you've got to have other people that you can go be vulnerable with and say, I don't know what to do here. Have you ever been in this situation or like, and just work through challenges with it's, it's so, so necessary. And I, I mean, I got, I got kind of saved from it because I, when I was young, I mean, I always got interested in management when I was around 18. Right. And I started like ridiculous self learning and like I, I didn't have actually I've, I've like no degrees, no education and uh, probably hardly finished the equivalent of high school. But but I got really, really uh, into management and I did yeah. so much self development. And when I finally got into management, you know, I was so passionate about it. And it was so frustrating being in a team where most people had been in the role for 20 years no one gave a shit at five o'clock everyone was gone and mm -hmm. you know no one cared and I was like oh well let's sit down and figure out how we can do this thing better or that thing yeah. better and it was, it was like nah we're doing something that kind of worked let's just status quo status quo right and it was like it was so frustrating so so just being able to actually share and find like-minded people who actually had a little bit of care in the world was uh was was amazing right and it really and uh, it really was a game changer for me also in terms of just keeping the motivation. I mean, I, I don't know if I would ever run out of motivation because it felt, uh, yeah, it, it didn't feel like something I could stop. But, but uh, you know, it's, it's just so much better being surrounded by people who have the same sort of mindset and mentality and, and, and even more for entrepreneurs, right? Because entrepreneurship can be really, really lonely, right? Yes. Like, uh, particularly if you're a single founder, right? And yep. you don't have anyone that knows your business. And the problem is if you try and talk with your friends, they have no clue, they give yep. you no advice. And if they give you advice, it's generally bad advice. And, you know, pe people are desperate to share. So they share with their partner, they share with their friends and stuff, and it never works, right? Mm -hmm. But whereas if you actually find like-minded people and you can share exactly as you shared, you can share the challenges and so on. It just... It, it makes all the difference. It does. Don't try to do it alone. I mean, it's it, like you said, it is hard. It is really, really, really hard. And um, it's going to be hard enough, even if you do have all the support, uh, if everything goes in your favor and you have a, a, a roster full of, of cheerleaders and people who get it and want to support you, it's still going to be hard. So why, I mean, don't, 
for some reason, there's kind of a temptation. There's, it's like, there's a badge of honor kind of doing it all by yourself, but mm -mm, it's, it, that's a fallacy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not, it's not real. No, it's nearly as good as this uh, work 80 hours a day kind of thing, uh, whatever it is. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what, what do you guys do with that? Uh, how, how much do you work? How much do I work? Week? Oh, man. Um, right now, I mean, we're, we're going through, I'm going through a season where I'm working a lot, but, you know, I have three kids and I try really, really hard to truly lead by example with our team. I want them to take breaks. I want them to, to step away when they need to step away. And so to be really honest, I mean, with the way that the world has been the last year, my three kids are back in school, but they're on an adjusted schedule. And so by the time I can actually sit down and start working for the day, it's like 9.30 or 10, which is, I'm, I'm a morning person. So I used to be sitting at my desk downtown before 8 a.m., right? So that's, that's you know almost two hours every day that I'm losing. And I, as a result, I, I end up working later than I used to. I used to get up and leave and, and go get my kids. Um, I, I left the office by four o'clock so that I could go get my kids in time. Um, they're here already. So I'm working a little bit later in the day, but, um, other than that, you know, I try really hard to keep it, keep it to that and, um, only be responsive as needed outside of those hours and, um, let weekends be for being refreshed and renewed and, and doing what I hope that our team is doing, which is just relaxing and, uh, you know, focusing on personal side of things, but, um, but yeah, I kind of, I really try hard to keep it to business hours. And then of course we go through seasons and I, I try to communicate that to the team too. Like there's going to be times where whether you're driven to be working more and you're really excited and passionate and it's kind of taking up all the margin. And then there's going to be times where you're, you just need to step back. And, um, and so I try to do the same. Yeah. I mean, so I used to work corporate for, for many years with, um, I, I think it's, it, it's so common for people to just jump into this sort of work, work all the time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those, I, I think we're starting to see this change, but it has been for so long a badge of honor. You know, I sleep every other night and I work every hour of the day and Saturdays I, here's my routine for working all day Saturday. And then I catch up on my email Sunday night. Like Why? You know, and, and I, I do not want our team doing that. I want our team to be balanced and, and refreshed because you know what, we're doing big things and we have really big lofty goals. And if we're going to go be a billion dollar business, I need our team to show up and to be rested and excited and, and not burned out. Right. And so if that means that they are, you know, air quotes, sitting in the seats, working less awesome, you know, because you're, you're going to do, you're going to do more with that time. And I want our team to be happy that they're here and excited that they're here and excited about the work that they're doing, not um, breaking their back and exhausted to, you know, do more than they should. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Let's say. So before we finished anything else, like any awesome resources or anything that have really helped you significantly in sort of your journey that you would love to share with the audience or. I think people. I mean, we've kind of already touched on this, but, um, I'm, I'm an introvert too. So I'm, I'm a very social introvert. I like being, I like speaking, I like being on stage. I did a lot of theater when I was in high school. Like I, I'm, I'm totally fine with being in front of people, but you know, they, they say that you draw your energy, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert is where you draw your energy. And I definitely draw my energy being alone. And I love just heads down and, and kind of being on my own. And, you know, especially throughout the pandemic, I've had 
I've really had to push myself to come out of my cave and to not just be heads down working, but to go and, and really interact and, and invest in those relationships that are so important. And specific to your question, what's been so helpful to me throughout my career and that I try really hard to turn around and do the same thing is the people, the random strangers, all the way up to the people that I worked very closely with that took, took a bet on me, you know, um, I, people ask, you know, is it luck or is it, you know, hard work? I mean, it's, I am a firm believer that any of us are where we are because of the other people that, you know, helped you up in, in some way, even in some small way. And so to me, it was, you know, a piece of advice here, an open door there, you know, a nudge in this direction there. You know, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of like firm mentors that I met with on a weekly or monthly basis. I never really had that. But when I look back, I mean, there were definitely people who shaped who I am, good, bad, or otherwise. And, um, you know, so what I, I try to do in return is that when people reach out to me, whether it's someone I know really well that I'm working with or, or a complete stranger, I try to turn around and just be available. Right. Um, because that's, I think that's how we all get to where we are and you never know how, how someone else is going to impact you and how you're going to possibly change the trajectory for someone else. And what people always tell me is we don't have time for that. And mm -hmm. that is generally because they're busy doing the wrong things, not delegating and not prioritizing sure, the wrong things, right? Not making sure that business can run without them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Lindsay, that was awesome. If people are desperate getting hold of you, what is the best way to do so? Um, so LinkedIn and Twitter. So LinkedIn, you know, with my name and then Twitter, I'm at I'm Casted Lindsay. And then you can check out what we're doing at Casted at casted.us. Perfect. I'll make sure we include it all in the show notes. And yeah, to the audience, thank you very much for listening again. I hope you've got lots of valuable advice. And Lindsay, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.